Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. It is back. The hour of Tom Stevens, the parent family relationship hour. We are going to start a new season off with a topic that fits everybody. That's right. It is social media and gaming from a teenager's perspective, which means I've got some teenagers and hopefully some more that are going to call in here to be able to talk about why gaming and social media is a part of our life and why it shouldn't be removed and what the good and the bad is of it. So I want parents to be able to call in, ask questions, and kind of give their perspective. I've already got some questions parents have asked me and texted into me that they want to know about. So I'm going to ask these teens those questions. And also, I have um, a unique set of guests today that are my very own children. That's right. I have an 18-year-old who is heading off to college, son, Nicholas. Nick, we call him. And I have an almost 15-year-old son, Tony, who is heading off to high school. So we are smack dab right in the middle of this virtual world of social media and gaming. And I will admit to being the ignorant parent who probably doesn't know enough, even though I think I know enough. Let me give you a quick little background on myself. But before I do, if anybody's listening and you want to call in or pass this message on, all you've got to do is call 914-338-1944. That's 914-338-1944. You press the number 1 when the lady comes on the phone, and it will put you in the studio for me to be able to get to you and ask questions. If you don't want to say anything, make a comment or ask a question, that's fine. You can just listen in. But at any time, if you're on your phone and you press 1, it will put you in the studio. I will see you on the dashboard, and we already have people there, and I will get to your questions as soon as I can. So uh, quick background on me. Uh, I am a psychotherapist. I work with uh, all different ages. My youngest client I see right now is three years old, and the oldest is 70-something. So I've got a wide range of seeing teenagers in my office, couples for marriage counseling, and children as well. So there's a whole gamut of work I've done in almost 25 years, and I have to tell you, I've seen the age of technology go from zero to 100 like that. And when I started doing what I do in 1995, it was not a social media world. Uh, Cell phones were almost non-existent. And uh, we're just in a new age. And I want everybody out there to be able to give feedback and input. And this show is meant to pass information on to people, parents, teenagers, and anybody else who could find it beneficial that if you can't get in, to see a psychotherapist, and if it's too expensive or it's too time-consuming or you just can't do it, get yourself to do it, this is a way to pass information on that I would normally do in my office to people, and I'll give you my full perspective on what's going on in the world today and what my view is on uh, what is happening with the family and with technology, etc. But I also want the teenagers to be able to have some input too. And it's critical to know that they are in the midst of what technology and social media uh, has to offer in our world. And we have to remember this. Anybody who's a parent out there, especially of young children, say under 10, they have fully grown up in a world of technology and fully grown up not knowing anything, uh, not knowing the absence of technology and social media. So those of us who are my age, who have children that are growing and leaving the nest, we know what it's like to not have technology at all growing up. And sometimes parents can be out of touch with, um, well, why don't you just not have it? And it's not that simple. So while it's in our world, we have to be able to learn to integrate it and make it a part of our world but not let it consume us. I have been concerned 
over the past, I would say 10 years, but especially five, that technology and social media has become our social network. So we have lost touch with how to interact, socialize. I think it's created more risk-taking behavior in teenagers. I think it's created a false illusion for teenagers about what they can do in this world and with fame and with notoriety about likes and follows and, and people getting attention for videos they post. I also think it's created danger. There's many teenagers who post things that come back to bite them when they apply for college or even career jobs because they all go back and look in the past. There's so many things I could talk about with this and spend an entire hour doing it. But I don't want to take up all the time for myself because I have amazing guests and I also have um, people out there who want to ask questions. So once again, please, if you have questions, send them in. If you want to text a question, you can text a question to me while you're listening right now. And that is area code 832-545-4851. Again, 832-545-4851 if you'd like to text in a question. If you just want to listen, that's great. But if you want to ask a question and you're on the line listening on your phone, then press 1 and they will pop you right into the studio and make it happen. So without further ado, I want to be able to bring in my first guest. I'm going to bring my youngest son in. His name is Tony Stevens. He is about to be 15 years old, entering high school in ninth grade. And Tony, are you there? Yes, sir. Here I am. All right, my son. I don't want you to hold back anything you want to say, you can say. Any argument you want to fight, you can fight. But I want to know, first of all, just tell everybody out there, um, you know, what your schooling background is um, and where you're at at school now and um, just, just just who you are, like what you like to do. How about that? All right. So um, my elementary, I went to Cypress Christian School, so it was a private Christian school. And then um, sixth grade, I went to Christ the Redeemer Catholic School. Seventh grade, I took a break and I was homeschooled. And then eighth, I went back to Christ the Redeemer. So I've done Christian Catholic and homeschool. And, wow, uh, the only thing you're missing the, is public school, huh? You've bounced around a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and next year, I'm going to be going to Houston Christian High School, so another Christian. Okay, so a private Christian high school, but going to be a little bit bigger, and your your talents and your hobbies and the things you like to do so everybody can hear? Yes, so I like to do theater and acting, and um, I'm trying to get into more filming, but I like to do acting and stuff like that and basketball. Those are really my two big hobbies that I like. So theater, acting, which means you're more outgoing, I guess. Yes, definitely. Okay, so (laughs) if that's the case, then um, how active are you on social media? Let's just go there. Well, first, however active you let me be, um, but I have an Instagram account, and I think that's really mainly the extent of my social media. I know a lot more about social media because a lot of my friends have social media, and I've seen how theirs work, but Instagram is really the main extent of my social media Okay, that's a good question. So sometimes what we do in today's world, you know what I do, Tony, as a therapist. I work with people all the time on all kinds of issues, whether it's a gaming addiction, whether it's, you know, relationship stuff, whether it's a family issue. But sometimes I think people lose sight of the fact that um, social media and networking is more than just the apps that we have. You know, a lot of times it can just be texting back and forth. Um, So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm assuming a lot of your communication is by text and not so much picking up the phone to call somebody like I did when I grew up, right? Yes, it's changed a lot over the years. Yes, that's more of how people do it now. For parents out there, do teenagers like calling people on the phone or getting phone calls? No, they hate it because it's way more confrontational and they don't know what to say and 
it's just way more stressful than texting because they can't actually hear your voice. So when parents want to talk, I guess what you're basically saying is it's not that we don't want to talk to you. It's that talking on the phone is not what we do. Mm-hmm, for sure. Okay, so parents should do what to stay in touch with their, their teenagers then? Well, a lot of teenagers have come accustomed to texting their kids, and I know some families that will even text their children in their own house. Like the mom will be in the kitchen and the daughter will be in her room, and then they'll be texting back and forth talking about stuff. So Mm -hmm. it really depends on the parent and the child and how technologically advanced they are. But I know some people that still call their mom and whenever they get to places rather than texting. Yeah. So here's a question for you. Where, like, how out of the loop are parents from your perspective? You can even talk about your own, but just, you know, friends and everything in general, how out of touch are parents with what social media is and, and just all the apps and what they do. And um, I don't know, just how out of touch are they? I would say that a lot of parents now are out of touch. They don't know what their kids are downloading. They don't monitor it as a, enough as they need to because they can see things and they can try to monitor it and check their phone every so often. But teenagers are really smart now. They know how to manipulate and they know how to delete certain stuff at certain times and then re-download it back whenever their parents give their phones back to them. So I think that parents need to be more in touch. And really, a lot of teenagers are okay. They don't do bad stuff. But it's important to know. And if you're not doing anything bad, you have nothing to hide as a teenager. So So here's a a question I'm going to throw aside. I'm going to bring your brother in here in a minute, but a question I'm going to throw out to you. The difference between social media and gaming is what for you? The difference between social media and gaming, it's, are they the same gaming? They are the same in a sense, but they're not really the same because gaming is more actively doing something and competing with online people, whereas social media is looking at other people without actually having to talk to them in some Mm -hmm. senses. Like there are things like Snapchat, wherever you're texting and you can even call and stuff like that on it. But gaming is more competing in something while talking online. Mm-hmm. Okay, so parents feel like teenagers typically are wasting their life away staring at their screen, right? So yes. what do teenagers, you just get to speak for them for a second, especially getting into high school and meeting all kinds of new people. What do teenagers say mm-hmm. to that comment of this is not productive at all? Like you're not doing anything that's productive and it's fine to have wasteful time that you're just kind of goofing off or playing around. But what is this doing that's useful? Social media, gaming, any of it? Well, this next generation has really turned it into something wherever you can have a career out of it. Like YouTube, you can have a YouTube channel and make tons of money off of that. Gaming, you can go to gaming competitions like e-games and stuff and win tons of money and have a career. But for teenagers, they need to understand that they you can't really get too far in this because not everybody can be a winner. So if there's millions of people competing or millions of people having YouTube channels, not everyone is going to be successful. And I don't know if they get how hard you really have to work to do well in this in that industry. Yeah. And I think one of the things that um, happens with that's good feedback, Tony, because one of the things that happens with a lot of teenagers is they feel like because you see it online and you see it on YouTube or you see it on Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, any of those things that all of a sudden, how many likes I get, how many views I get, how many followers I have equals my success. And while Some people have made money gaming professionally or having a YouTube channel or an Instagram page. And some people have managed, believe it or not, parents out there 
to pop up Venmo accounts and have other people just randomly send them money because they like their page. That is not typically a sustainable career and future. And that's what I want a lot of people who are young to hear. And I want parents to understand it's not to discourage anybody from doing a YouTube page or a TikTok page or a Instagram page that has tons of followers and lots of cool videos. That's really neat and can be used for your future. But I think it's important for youth to know the percentage of people that actually do make something sustainable off of it is very, very small. And you look at professional athletes, and uh, my uncle, who's a professional baseball player, once said that, I think he said 1% of all high school athletes make it to college to play sports um, on a scholarship. And then 1% of those athletes actually make it to the professional ranks. That's how small a percentage it is. And this is a very similar thing. The percentages, what you see online are a lot of the people who are successful, but you don't see the millions of people who aren't. And when you bank on that for a career, if you're wanting to be in media or radio, television, film, then that's a critical piece of what you do, which I'll get back to in a little bit with you, Tony, because Sometimes if it's what you want to do for your life, then it's actually a good outlet to have while still having social interaction. So what I want to do real quick is bring my other son in to give him an opportunity to to kind of uh, chime in on this social media and this gaming thing. And I want to bring Nick Stevens in, who is just turned 18, going off to college. Nick, are you there? Yes, I'm here. All right, my son. I want you to just tell the world a little bit about yourself uh, age, what your school background is, uh, where you're going to school, and um, just typical, maybe just a little bit about what social media stuff you do. Yeah, so um, I started, I'm 18 years old. I started at Cypress Christian School, the same place as Tony. I went there kindergarten through eighth grade. And when I went to high school, I went to a prep school. It's called prep school. It's a homeschool program. Um, and then I went uh, in junior year of high school. I started Lone Star classes at community college, and I gained a lot of dual credit hours. So uh, now, being just graduated high school, I have 34 college credit hours to go into college. So I'm basically going to be a sophomore. Proud of my son so, for that. <laughs> Yeah, like so in the fall, in about two weeks, I will head off to Laterno University, a small Christian college in Longview, Texas, and I will be studying business there. Okay, so, so again, you had a background in some private school, some homeschool, not any public school, but know a lot of public school people, and social media-wise, huh, you can talk about your parents, especially being an adult now. And what your social media uh, is and what you would like it to be. That's what I'd like to hear. Go ahead and put that out there. Yeah, so um, right now I have a Instagram and a Facebook, and I also have a YouTube channel. Um, I just made one, uh, so go subscribe. It's N Squared Sports. Uh, me and my friend do a sports uh, YouTube channel. We just started it like a month ago. So go follow that. Um, but yeah, I only have those three, and I've wanted a Snapchat for a couple of years, and I haven't been able to get one. So uh, yeah, that's one so, thing I'd like to I'd like to have. But and and that's that's kind of one of the things I want y'all to talk about and teenagers to talk about is what do you want on social media versus what you have. And there are some teenagers who have everything, right? You know, some teenagers who have all kinds of social media. Yeah. And unfortunately, Nick and Tony's parents, my wife Jill and myself, are both psychotherapists. So we are in this field of seeing what social media is, what it does, and the clients that we get in many times who have lots of issues with it and some struggles with it. So part of the thing you do as a parent is you set boundaries and you try to make a life set up as successfully as you can for your children while not trying to um, completely suffocate them from social life. But with Nick going off to college, it's a little different story because he's going to be around adults now and um, he's out of the bubble of home and living somewhere else. And you said, 
N squared sports, you know, go look it up on YouTube, Instagram. That is a page he and his friend are starting, which is a talk show on sports, which is phenomenal because if you love sports and you want to do uh, some video with it and, and get some followers and, and be able to do current topics of football and basketball, baseball, all that stuff. It's a super way to use social media and spend your time versus continually watching other people's lives and other people's videos. And I'm guessing, Nick, that uh, most of your friends have more social media than you do. Yeah, I only know a couple people who don't have as much as I do, but basically all my friends have a lot more social media than I do for sure. So tell me this, like, as social media has gotten for you, Nick, as an as an adult now, as social media has gotten um, more and more progressive, you know, we've gone all the way, people who can think back to MySpace um, accounts, and we've moved into websites, we've moved into Instagram, Facebook, and then into Twitter and Snapchat, all that stuff. What do you think from your perspective, are acceptable social media apps. The ones that look, there's danger in everything, and I know that. Any app could cause a problem. Any app could get you into trouble if you either give out too much information or you put too much about yourself out there. You start posting you know, nude pictures of people or you start talking about other people online. It can get you in trouble. There's a lot yeah. that could happen. Mm-hmm. But acceptable social yeah. media apps, what would you say they are for just any teenager, 13 and up? Man, it's hard because there's with I feel like with every social media app there are good and bad. I don't think there's a social media app really that it's just all good and there's not one that's just all bad. So it's hard for me to say that. I would say um Instagram and YouTube, there are a lot of good things with that, but also like you said, you can go into the dark side of both of those apps and see things you don't want to see. Um, but mm-hmm. for a teenager, you can always have an Instagram account and put it on private where you can't, where people can't all see you. You have to accept them. And mm-hmm. also, I think they have they have limits on those apps. I know on Instagram, you can set a daily limit for yourself. So you uh, once that limit ends, you can't go on it anymore that day. Um, and so mm-hmm. if you have a younger teenager, you can, as a parent, you can go on there and set a limit and um, have control to that. And I think YouTube as well, You there's a YouTube kids mode where only like appropriate videos will be shown on that. So I think those two are really good. And um, I don't know a ton about a ton of other ones. I know Snapchat, um, there are definitely restrictions that you can put on that. So I think it's more of putting restrictions on apps rather than good apps and bad apps. Okay, that's a good point. And one of the things that um, I want to bring, I'm actually going to bring both of y'all in on this. And Tony, I'm going to bring you in on this too. So both of y'all are on the air live with this. And I want to know from either one of y'all, what would you consider apps or social media stuff out there? And we'll get to gaming in a minute, but social media apps that are not appropriate. Are there any that are not appropriate or is it just that they're all okay if you use them a certain way? But are there any that are like, yeah, I'd steer clear of this because this isn't good. I think for younger children, um, like stuff like Tinder and different dating apps, definitely not okay. I mean, I think once you're an adult, you can make your own decisions in that, but for definitely not for younger children, which is kind mm-hmm. of an obvious, but I don't think that's something that anybody under 18 should have. So dating type apps for any teenager before you're an adult, probably not a good idea. Both of y'all agree? Yes. Yeah. I also have a couple. I know that like ask.fm, if you have heard of that, I haven't really heard much of that, but I know that that and then like kick and Tinder also some just like texting apps and WhatsApp. I know I've heard some bad things about that. Just texting apps where people try to hide their identity and make them seem like they're somebody and they're really somebody else. That's a pretty good point, Nick, because I think people and parents especially um, get freaked out about what who you're talking to and who's on the other end. And I think a lot of teenagers, y'all could probably know this more than me, but a lot of teenagers don't understand that sometimes who you're talking to on the other end is not who you think they are. 
and there are, you know, on top of uh, human trafficking and child predators that are out there, by the way, they're there. I've seen them in my office, regular people who end up trapped and snared um, and almost taken or get taken. And it's a pretty real thing. And I think teenagers, y'all, don't understand, um, especially boys, I mean, girls more than boys, that uh, you just because you put things out there and it's neat to get people to like what you put out there or a picture or a post, um, there are crazy people on the other end of the line. Can y'all tell me what you think? Because I have so many parents. This is a, a parent uh, t- texted me in this question. Like, what is it? I guess parents, here's the parents' deal. What do you think they're lost on? What are parents confused about when it comes to social media, and what do they need to get uh, get woke to, as they say? Y'all will cringe on that one. But what do they need to wake up to and realize with social media in this world? Like, what's the best lesson you can give parents so that, number one, they're not freaking out all the time and, and being controlling and possessive, but number two, they're still able to be parents um, and understand more about social media than they know now. What do they need to know? Either one. I would say, uh, which one? Do you want to go first, Nate? You can go. All right. So I think that any social media that is monitored is good. And I think that they just need to understand what the purpose of the app is and every so often, like, you'll do this, Dad, you'll go in and check just to see if everything's okay, just to, and for the child to always just be okay with their parents going through the social media because there shouldn't be anything bad. And if there isn't anything mm-hmm. bad, then you shouldn't be hiding it. And I think that's a great point, Tony, because parents, I don't think, should be sneaking behind their children's backs. Like, I would want to be able to mm-hmm. tell you if I'm looking yeah. at something. I would also want to be able to trust you to tell me if you've looked at, seen something, or been involved in something. I mean, y'all know, here's the thing I tell parents all the time, is youth, our children should have a voice, not a vote. And so I know that might sound terrible, gosh, I'm not giving my child a vote in this family. Well, they have a voice, and you have the ability to be able to speak up and say what you think isn't fair, what's not working, or even like what you're having a hard time with. And that doesn't mean that because we have two parents and two children in our home that our children have 50% of the vote in our house. That doesn't, that's not the case. The parents in our home have the vote, but we consider everything that our children say and they have a voice always. And I think in a lot of homes, parents don't give their children a voice at all. And they either shut them down and say, this is what's going to happen. Or I've seen parents and y'all seen this, where the children have all of the vote and they get the majority and they get to do what they want and they take over and it gets destructive and you have secret accounts, you have spam accounts, you have things out there. And you know what? I cannot stop my children from doing whatever they're going to do. I have to trust that they're going to make the best decisions for them. And I think a lot of times parents today either ignore it, close their eyes and pretend it's not happening, or they try to micromanage and control everything. And so, Tony's got a good point that I think parents need to be educated, and I think they also need to know that these apps can be used in a decent way. It's just whether or not the parents are in touch with it. So children have a voice, not a vote. And also, y'all know this, I want to be connected friends or linked in somehow to the accounts y'all are in um, without sitting here micromanaging your every move on those accounts. Nick, anything for you on that yeah, one other point I want to make. I think a lot of times with parents, they honestly, most parents don't have a ton of social media that their kids have. Like in general, most parents wouldn't have like a Snapchat and Instagram. They might, but in some cases, they don't. And so for the kids, for their from their perspective, they say, well, you don't have this app, so you don't know what goes on. Like I'm the one who has it, so I know what goes on. Like, most parents don't even research it. They just assume it's bad, and I think that's not right. I think you have to, if you want to know about an app, then research it and look it up, see what there is to say, what people say about it. So that's Mm -hmm. the only point I have. So let me ask you this, because I want to get into gaming. I don't want to let the show go by. It's already halfway done. There's just so much to cover. But let's skip over to gaming, and we'll come back to the whole package at the end. What is... What's acceptable gaming? 
Okay, y'all know when I grew up, it was Pac-Man, Centipede, right? Asteroids. It was basic mm-hmm. games. You had to go to a game room or a store to play. There wasn't much online. Well, there was no online, but there might have been an Atari or a video game console. Very poor graphics, but we had a blast, and we loved to play video games. But there were three lives, and it was over. There were nine innings in baseball, and it was over. There were four quarters in basketball. It was over. Well, now you're creating teams in sports. You're doing just like the real professional teams do. You're going on and on with Minecraft, Fortnite, Call of Duty, uh, GTA, Grand Theft Auto. You've got all kinds of very intense, violent games down to just fun, interactive games, but they all seem very consuming, take a ton of time. What is y'all's take? Um, Let's go with Nick first. What's your take, Nick, on gaming and what's okay? Like, Yeah. Gaming is interesting because there are different levels, I think, to gaming because you can have a competitive gamer where they play four or five hours a day and they compete for um, prizes or they just love gaming with other people and they spend their whole day on it. But there's other types of gaming, I feel like, where it's just like recreational. I'm just going to hop on and play for an hour or so. And so I think parents, when they think of gaming, they just automatically assume, oh, Gaming is just, it's bad because they spend four or five hours on it. Well, that's not all gaming. There are different types to me. I think that the even if you are a competitive gamer, parents need to see that just to maybe limit it a little bit. Because I think gaming's okay as long as you limit it down a little bit and you don't get over-consumed with it. Like, you still have family time and you still have interactions with other people. So that's a good point. I have college students, well, high school for sure, but even college students who have come back home after a semester or a year of college because they couldn't make the grades because they spent so much time gaming. Y'all would know that's over the limit, right? So there's sometimes where it's too much gaming and sometimes where it's just fun. I'm hanging out with friends. But Nick, there's a lot of people that I see, teenagers, who use gaming and they'll get on, let's say, um, Fortnite or some other type game and even sports and play with their friends, have their headset on. Everybody's in the room. There's, you know, six, eight people all talking on their headsets Mm -hmm. from their own home, right? And so they're gaming and they consider that their friend time, their social time. That's interactive, but nobody's in the same room together. So is that normal or not? I think it's normal to an extent. I think you can have time like that, but if you're spending all your friend time like that, that's not normal. Like I think you need to have interactions where you come over and maybe you all play together or you watch watch a uh, game together on TV, but you can't just play from six different houses on six different TVs still talking. Like I don't think that's right to just spend all your time like that. I think it's okay, but you just have to limit it. Yeah, so let me bring Tony back in on that because y'all are a little bit different with how you do social media. And, and Tony, you're not as much of a gamer, so to speak, in terms of sitting and playing video games. You may be more on social media and interactive with people and videos and shows and things like that. So if gaming is not a big thing to you, Tony, then um, what do you – do you see gaming, even though it's not a big thing to you, do you see it as similar to social media, like whether you're gaming or you're looking at – Instagram and and other things, it's pretty much the same. You're just using technology and and social media time that way. Are they the same or are they different? Well, they they're kind of they can be both because gaming they're they're different by how you're not always talking to somebody like I said earlier. How gaming you're communicating with somebody, which in some senses could be better than social media in some ways worse. But then they're also the same because you can have, like, social media bullies and you can have um, gaming bullies, like people that bring other people down on purpose in both atmospheres. And that Wow, what a great point, Tony. Okay, something we haven't even talked about today is the whole aspect of bullying and what happens with social media and how much judgment goes on and and how it destroys people's lives at times just because of what's posted, mm-hmm. even if it's not true at all, that we are subject to other people coming at us, attacking us, putting us down, or, or just 
ruining our lives all because they want to and they can. And so I think that's a pretty good point for parents to understand that you need to protect your children and know what's going on because they could be getting bullied and cyberbullied and comments and posts and pictures about them without you even knowing it. Then they can be depressed, they can be down, and I think parents need to stay in touch with their children and not just say, oh, well, I don't understand that, so I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to kind of, you know, that's their that's their phone and that's what they do. And, and parents, if you can't have access to any of that or talk to your children about it, especially teenagers, there's a problem. Because, boys, I want to ask both of y'all this in light of all the news that's happened lately. What about the idea of tragedy and violence and these these killings that happen, these mass killings that happen from really young adults even? They could be 18. They could be 24. But these things are happening in the world, and a lot of people point to social media and gaming. They say because these people spend so much time in their room gaming senselessly to kill people on Fortnite or Grand Theft Auto or Call of Duty, that they really, it numbs them and it makes them think killing's not a big deal. I can blow people's heads off and, and shoot them uh, all day long on a video game and it gives me power, it makes me feel in control and hence they become socially desensitized, they're not interacting with people, they become angry at something and then they react by going out and doing this. Is there a correlation, y'all are teenagers, so you tell me, is there a correlation between these big tragic events happening and what these people have done at home as they grew up? Nick, you want to go? I think you said yeah. that. I, oh. <laughs> How's it going with me? Yeah, you can go. Um, so, yes, I think definitely there is uh, something to do with that. I think, I don't think it can, it's the reason all the time, but I definitely think a lot of the mass um, killers probably are a little socially off and just they it could be from um, video games and thinking they have power by you know getting new guns on their game and thinking oh I'm going to go out now and I'll, I'll just buy this gun and actually do it in real life I think that definitely is a reason I don't think it's the only reason but it definitely can have an impact I think Tony what about you? I think that you said that really, really perfectly. Um, what a son. Part of it could be, part of it could be that um, they're trained this way and they don't think much of it. But as they grow up, the more they get angry and the more that their brains are numb, like you said, that the rage that they can sometimes feel in the game can correlate to their real life. So then, like mm-hmm. Nick said, they go out and they buy a gun and they do this because they think that it's okay. But then once it's done, they realize what they have done. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, something in this world with social media, there's a lot of entitlement for people to feel like, especially youth, <clears throat> it's no problem for me to post this or go out and act like this or go out and destroy this or go the risk taking behavior today y'all is getting more and more and more extreme and i need the world and parents to see that everything's becoming like it's no big deal to just um, take matters into my own hand and so we've lost the family we've lost sight of people mm-hmm. who are um, staying together and communicating with parents and children, and we need to pull the family back together. So what's happened in our family today, from what I've seen, is we have gotten more segregated, and everybody kind of eats on their own. Everybody kind of interacts socially on their own, and there's not as much family time together, and that's one of the core things we preach in our home is to keep families together, and I see a lot of people, families that are broken, and part of it's because I preach to the men because dads aren't there, they're not available, and when they are there, they're checked out. And yes, I can say that because I'm a man, but also I can say it because I see it all the time, and it's hard to be connected and attached and you know, with your children in relationship. And social media is not an acceptable reason to not interact. There shouldn't be phones being pulled out at restaurants, sitting there staring at it the whole meal while the parents sit there and eat. There shouldn't be... Um, headphones on kids at restaurants while they're playing video games while the meal's being eaten. We should really be having more family time. So boys, 
I want to ask you another question with that is what then do you think parents should do to be good parents and to kind of watch what's going on with gaming and with social media that they're not doing now? What would your advice to parents be? So I'll just go ahead and go really quick. Um, I think for sure, like I said, like the whole limit thing, putting limits on social media apps, I think that's, that's huge. And um, you can kind of limit kids to a certain amount of time. And I think one other thing is also having some kind of way to check your kids' social media and just not like stalk them all the time, but just maybe once a week or once every two weeks just to check in to see what they've looked at. Not not like over protect protecting them, but just just to check on them to see um, what they're doing. Okay, good good point. So to be able to monitor, but not control everything and not micromanage everything. Tony, what about you? I think that um, that's really true, and that the kids never want to feel like you're constantly every day at eight o'clock. All right, what have you done today? What is, what is your social media like? Have you like anything bad? Have you done anything? Because that's just no fun. But the more you can have a relationship with it, the better, I think. Okay, so I want you all to both, and I'm going to start with Tony, but I want you all to both. I know you're not going to want to do this, and I don't want you to give names, but I want you all to give away some of the secrets of your friends or people you know, not even friends, but just people you know about, of how they – get away with social media or the things they do, this would be good for parents, the things they do that you know are like, ugh, this is sketchy and this is out of line. But what really is going on behind the scenes with teenagers, whether it's a friend of yours or somebody you know, that parents would have no idea about? Ooh, okay. Um, what is it, Tom? I know, I I have known several different things. I mean, one that's not a secret is I have friends on the gaming part that get home from school at four o'clock and they'll game until eight, like dinner time, like four hours. And that's to an extreme, which I think isn't okay. But some secrets, um, kids can get away with stuff like Instagram and Snapchat and stuff. They can download it and they can use it. And then whenever their parents ask for their phones, they delete the app really quick. And then the parents never known, never knew that they had it. And then once they get their phone back, they re-download it. And then they just keep using it that way. That's a good point. Listen to that, parents. This is probably the most juicy part of the whole show right here is um, finding out the way teenagers do it. I, I tell this story all the time. One of my best friends growing up, Mark Quinn, Oh, it was Christmas time, and this is in the advent of like Atari and things like that. It was Christmas time, and I remember a Christmas break where he had presents under the tree, and I would go over to his house because we had like two weeks off school, and his mom was working, and so there was nobody really there. And he would unwrap video game Christmas presents that have video games in them and play them. We would during the day, and then wrap them back up at night. And by the time Christmas would come, he would like already be born of the game because he played it for two weeks straight or whatever. And I remember even back to then, it's the same thinking that can happen, that teenagers are going to do what they want to do to get what they want. And a lot of times it's to sneak around and do these apps, download them, undownload them, you know, log in, don't log in, spam accounts and things like that. So any, Tony, are there any sketchy, inappropriate things you know that teenagers do, whether it's posting nude photographs, whether it's hooking up with people that you know of any teenagers, and Nick, you too, of what they do that is kind of just really seems out of line that parents don't know? Um, I know that, like, on Instagram, you can DM people, and they sometimes use that. Parents don't always think, they always think texting, like the messages app, that's where you go if you're going to text somebody. But sometimes on Instagram, they can send photos like that, especially with Snapchat and Instagram, how things delete within 24 hours. So the parents may never know about it if they're not, they don't see their kids for 24 hours. That's really right. one way that they can send inappropriate stuff. Okay. Nick, what about you? Chime in mm -hmm. on the things that you know about yeah. that are going on. Yeah. So I have three different 
points that I um, have either seen or know that uh, people do. One thing, like Tony did mention it on Snapchat and even Instagram. I think on Snapchat even more, though. You can post pictures and then it deletes, like, either right after you see it or you can set a time limit for, like, 10 seconds or 24 hours or there's a span of time where you can have things deleted really quickly. So that's one thing. Um, another thing I know is some people, um, if they want to hook up somebody, they there's a thing called catfishing, which is basically making you look a lot either older younger, depending, um, and making you look really pretty if you're a girl or really nice if you're a guy, I guess. You can make yourself look like somebody else, and then people will want to hook up with you or whatever. So, so remember that, parents. It's called catfishing, and yeah. so they make themselves yeah. appear like they are somebody other than they are in order to lure people in, and sometimes it can get them in trouble, and sometimes it also increases the risk-taking behavior sexually, especially with hooking up with people. Go ahead. Yeah. And then the last thing is might be the most juicy thing that parents probably don't even know, or maybe they do, is I know there are on most social media apps, there's an incognito tab where you can press it and you can look stuff up, and it just, once you are done, you can just close it, and then everything will disappear that you just did. So that's another so thing there's... where there's a whole other tab where you can, yeah. Excellent. Great points, Nick. Y'all both have had such good stuff to say because that is something parents need to know, that there is a way still for teenagers to look up things, see things, do things, whether it's pornography, whether it's chatting and sending pictures, whether it's uh, looking at other things that are not appropriate, and they can literally almost wipe it away like an eraser where you didn't see that it happened. So it's not always just clean as you think it is. And I think it's important for teenagers to know in this world, teenagers today don't understand that they are exposed to way more, way sooner than any other generation. So our generations before didn't have um, exposure to that. And when it comes to risk-taking behaviors, when it comes to pornography, when it comes to um, hooking up with people, when it comes to DMing, like direct messaging, like Tony said, when it comes to um, catfishing, like Nick said, and trying to make yourself look a certain way to be able to, you know, get with other people or see what they think of you. All of those things grow up teenagers very quickly, but they're not socially and emotionally ready to grow up. So I'll usually tell parents today that you need to add five, eight, five years to your child's age. If they're 13, then it's 18. And that's kind of the age you were when uh, when you grew up, that's what they're exposed to. So it'd be like my youngest son almost being 20. When I was 20, that's the world he's exposed to. And with Nick, since he's 18, it's like when I was 23. Well, I was a grown adult by then, but he's still 18, although he's exposed to a world that's an adult world. And that's very hard to comprehend for parents that you need to stay in touch with them. And above all, the lines of communication um, have got to stay open. Um, so with both of y'all, I'm going to ask uh, both of y'all, is there anything so far in this show, because we're about to wind down, only have about 10 minutes left, which is crazy. Is there anything that I've left out that I've needed to say? I have a few more questions, but is there anything I've left out about social media or gaming that y'all need to put out there? I think that you've covered it pretty well. I mean, I think you've covered all the points that I would have gone over. Okay. Nick, anything for yeah, you? I don't think so. Okay, no, gaming. I then I want to I ask this. With gaming, parents' most concern, and I'll just say my concern as a professional, like what I do for a job, is the amount of time um, that teenagers game. I am very concerned in today's world with the types of games that are played. I am very concerned that we kind of desensitize ourselves to like killing and shooting. I understand that games are games. And, you know, when I was little, we played, you know, with guns and we would play with BB guns or, you know, little kind of shooting things back and forth, but it's a little different level in today's world in terms of how killings happen on video games, how graphic it is and how intense I think, this is my opinion, how intense teenagers get playing them. It's like they take it very personally, and they get very angry when it doesn't go the way they want, and they get very amped up and 
um, kind of rageful at times. I don't see many teenagers who just, you know, peacefully just play a, a game of Call of Duty and then they feel all calm and relaxed. It actually intensifies their behavior. So I think gaming is twofold. Number one, the amount of time teenagers play game, which is getting to be way too much. And number two, um, the intensity that it builds up in teenagers. And maybe you all know some people who play more graphic Call of Duty, Fortnite, um, GTA games or not. But what's y'all's take on that? The amount of time and the intensity of the games. I think that the Nick, amount of first. time. Oh, Nick. All right. I'm going to have Nick go first. Oh. Okay. So, yeah, um, I think that both very true points. I think a lot um, of people play a lot um, too much. And then the types of games I agree with, like gun games and stuff, I've never gotten into any gun games or anything. I just don't find it fun. But when people do, they do get very amped up and do get very excited when they win and down when they lose. And it's kind of extreme to me. I've seen, I know a lot of, uh, I follow a lot of uh, YouTubers that play games like that. And, um, you know, I don't know what their personal life is like, but when they're playing it, they get pretty amped up. So um, I don't know how it affects them in real life, but I know it probably does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tony, what about you? Anything about the the gaming and the amount of time and the intensity? I think that um, the amount of time is just really excessive and it's the equivalent of probably when you were a kid playing outside and playing basketball and football and all different kinds of sports. It's kind of what they're accustomed to and the intensity I think is because they spend so much time on it and they work so hard on it that whenever someone beats them, they get really upset because they think I've done all this work. Why am I not winning? Yeah. Whenever that's video what, games are simulated. That's a pretty good point, kind of Tony, because yeah, you play games today and they're ongoing. It's like they can go forever in different levels and the levels never stop. And when I grew up, the level stopped or after you spent three lives, the game was over and that was kind of it. And you had to start over. But now it's like people get more and more upset because they spent so much time and so much energy and sometimes so much money into it that it becomes like very personal to them. And I wonder what y'all think about um, my point. I've said to y'all, I say to teenagers and parents all the time is there needs to be social interaction, like face to face, like spending time with friends. So if I played video games when I grew up, we would many times have to go to an arcade at the shopping mall where there would be this place and um, there's all these video games and a bunch of teenagers and we'd hang out together and talk and play games. But it was a place we had to go with other people to interact. And today, people don't need to do it. So, Tony, what do you think about um, teenagers? And This is a big question, but social skills. Like, is social media affecting teenagers' social skills or not? And be honest, like what you really think is happening, whether it has an impact or not. I really think that it does, and I think that this is probably one of the biggest um, problems of our generation is that the social media is going down our conversation, and it's harder to have a conversation in person because you're so used to online where you can say anything and there's no way that you can get hurt, really. I mean, you can get hurt, but you can always come back from it. And our genera- this generation is kind of becoming more socially challenged because they're afraid to go up and ask a waiter because they messed up their order. They'll just, I'll eat it, it's fine, because mm-hmm. of how socially intact they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what's funny? Y'all know this because you're teenagers, but how many times do teenagers, if they see a guy who's cute or a girl who's cute, what they, the standard is you go up and you ask for their Snapchat or you ask for their Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. There's not as much conversation where you would walk up, y'all as guys, walk up to a girl and say, hey, how's it going? My name's Tony and, you know, where y'all from? Where do you go to school? Whatever. There's not, it's just a straight go to the point can I get your uh, Instagram or your Snapchat or whatever? And then you start talking that yeah. way. What is that? It's more of just an easy way instead of saying, like actually trying to have a conversation with them. You can have a Snapchat wherever you don't really have to talk to them in person. You can just talk to them online. It's easier that way, I think. 
for teenagers. So, Nick, is that normal? Well, I think it's very strange the more I think about it how um, you you want to talk to somebody and you say, oh, this is my friend, blah, 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 but you get their information and then just text mm-hmm. them or Snapchat them all the time and you call them a friend where you could, like, just see them one time, like, on vacation and get their information and talk the whole rest of the year and never see them again and keep talking to them and you say you have a relationship with them. Like, that's kind of... I don't know if that's right or not. I think you definitely need to have, it's okay to do that to an extent, but you need to definitely have a face-to-face conversation. Yeah, that that is the big difference in this world that I think parents really get frustrated with is there's not people just talking to each other. Um, there's a lot of just behind, I'll see teenagers sitting with each other at a, in a restaurant or at, on a bench and they're texting each other right there next to each other instead of talking to each other. And everybody's looking down at their screens. And so that happens a lot of times where it's, it's becoming very normal to do that. And so when you go out to get jobs in life and you go out to move on, you don't have as much skill um, to, to use, to, to get out in the world to be social. So with all of this said, cause we're about to wind down, I want to ask, I'm going to go one at a time with y'all, and Nick, I'll start with you, but I'm going to ask y'all that if there's one thing that you could change about social media or gaming, uh, what would it be in this world? It's a big question, but what would you, what would you make different if you could? Yeah, that's, tough. that's a tough question. Because, yeah, because I'll, I'll tell um, you what I would do. Just- I would what I would make different is I would if I had this magic wand, I would still allow social media the way it is. I would just literally have okay, y'all know the story. When I grew up, um, you know, the TVs kind of only had five channels and it shut off kind of after the news, just a staticky screen, and so you just quit watching TV. And shopping malls they were closed on Sundays, so you didn't go out shopping or anything. You kind of just stayed home, and everything worked tighter. And if I had a magic wand today, I would make social media and gaming basically shut off at a certain time. Like let's say 10 p.m. Let's just do that. And it turned back on at 7 a.m. That it's still there. It's still able to be used, but it just had this magic turn on and turn off. Like the sun goes up and goes down, you know, that way we would have different parameters in our world. But that's just, of course, Magical thinking. So what do you think, Nick, if you could change anything regarding social media and gaming? Yeah, I kind of agree with that. That's what I was thinking about setting limits, not necessarily like a certain time, but maybe just have a allotted time per day, like not setting like time limits or not like a certain time it shuts off, a certain time it um, comes back, but maybe just like for this app, for this each day you get this much time. That would be mm-hmm. pretty cool because then yeah. you can spend it however you want and whenever you want, but you just have a limit of how much time you can spend on it. Maybe that's what I would do. Good. Okay. And Tony, what about you? We have one minute left here. I think that um, not having to, um, not being able to see as much of what other people do because now like on Instagram, I can go see what posts my friends have liked and I can see that they like eight posts and two minutes ago. And I think that that's a really big problem to seeing everything that everybody's doing. So maybe just to limit how much you can see things. Good. Excellent. Tony, Nick, it's been phenomenal having you on the show. Y'all have been great guests. I want y'all to be able to go out and stay in touch with them. They would want followers in spite of all of this too. Nick, obviously on Instagram, you can look at N squared sports for sure. Um, and follow him on YouTube and on Instagram. Tony, he's obviously got his Instagram page with his acting. It's called Tony, Tony Stevens143. Yep, I got that all covered. And y'all have been phenomenal today. I really appreciate y'all being on the show and just being honest and sharing what you really think is happening because this topic could be talked about every single week. We're going to have a show every single week. I'm going to change the topics. If you will... Go to blogtalkradio.com slash Tom Stevens LPC. L is in Larry, P is in Paul, C is in Cat. Again, blogtalkradio.com slash Tom Stevens LPC. You'll get to my page, or you can just go to the website, tomstevens.us. 
like United States, TomStevens.us. You've got me on Facebook also and on Instagram under Tom Stevens Counseling. You can learn more about what I do. But stay in touch, stay in tune, and parents, get out there and watch your children's social media, gaming, and stay in touch with it and stay educated because you can do this, and they need you there to get through this. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Nick Stevens, Tony Stevens, I appreciate it. And y'all go out there and make it a great day.